We've been going through the Psalms, and we're uh, planning to conclude this series uh, at the end of the year. Uh, not having gotten to all the Psalms, uh, having worked on it for, by that time, four, five quarters, um, 15 months, but that's not enough to cover all of them. Today we have Psalm 112, and sort of going back into Psalm 111 as well. We haven't considered Psalm 111, but sort of looking at both of them, but we're really focusing on Psalm 112. Uh, We've already um, had a message from Dave on Psalm 113. Let's stand, and I'll read Psalm 112 from the New American Standard Bible, that that version. Uh, Let's stand as we... If, if, if that is uh, something that is appropriate for you to be doing, uh, and hear God's Word. This Word is inspired, it's infallible, uh, it's holy, it is the very Word of God. Praise the Lord, or hallelujah. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. He has given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The wicked will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Heavenly Father, help us to understand a portion of this psalm. Enlighten it to our minds and to our hearts, even as you have inspired it by the same Holy Spirit. Use us for your glory. Cause us to benefit from contact with this part of your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Book five of the Psalms, which is is made up of Psalm 107 to 150, that book is the consummation. Um, You know Palmer Robertson's, Palmer and Joanna's ministry is called Consummation Ministries. Palmer has been teaching all throughout his life from the time he got his doctorate in, in a number of seminaries. And by writing, he's been teaching about how Christ is in Genesis and in Exodus and Leviticus. It's called biblical theology. He's, he's taken... It is one book dealing with the Old Testament covenant, the New Testament covenant, but all the covenant of grace that Jesus is all the way through. And he's been working through, and you know one of his recent books was about the Psalms. 
uh, and uh, I, and uh, it fit right in. I'm sure when he worked on that to understand that you go through these different stages in 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 book one and two and three and four confrontation communication. All of them begin with C's. What he came up with, but then they were headed to the consummation, so that. You've, some of you have heard him talk about how hallelujah is in the Psalms and then over in Revelation. Hallelujah and amen, two words that are spoken in any language where the gospel is gone. It doesn't make it, if you're speaking French, you're going to say hallelujah. You may pronounce it a little bit differently. If you're going to say amen, you're going to say hallelujah. You're going to say that in Swahili. It goes all the way around the world. And it leads up to this hallelujah, this this. This rejoicing, this consummation, you can hear in the word consummation, there's a sum, S-U-M in there, there's a, a, a summary, and, and as he has done this, he is now over, he, he's working through the New Testament, taking this message, this understanding of Scripture all the way through, and he's just finished his book of this, these last three books called Christ the Consummation. He's just finished his work on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just gotten it into the publisher, ready to go. And now he's asking you and me to pray for uh, the next book, uh, starting with, with Acts. And then he has the final book. Um, so he's got, he's got two more books to write. But he's always headed toward the consummation. Because that's what the Bible does. It heads toward the And that's what the book of Psalms has been doing. So now, Paul puts it this way. He says this book five is the consummate, the, the summing up, so the, sort of the, the peak, the pinnacle, the consummate picture of the Lord's Messiah looking forward into the New Testament. It has been intentionally reserved for the final book of the Psalter. I've told you before, as, as Palmer has said a number of times, I, I used to approach the Psalms as, as he suggested. I mean, as he said, we did. he didn't suggest that we do it this way, but he suggested this is how we probably do it, to see each Psalm as its own Hershey kiss. It's beautiful. It's, it's shiny. Uh, it, you can get into it really pretty easy, and oh, it is so sweet when you eat it. And, so, and that's the way I've seen it. Let's look at Psalm 23. Oh, let's pick up this. Let's go to Psalm 121 over here. Oh, yeah, we've got some things to talk about over here. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? And it's just all sort of here and here and here. And I knew Psalm 111 and 112 were tied together. I knew Psalm 42 and 43 were tied together. There's some like that. But in general, I saw them as just sort of scattered. Well, it's really not like that. There is really a progression as you go through all these struggles, sin and confession and attacks from without and attacks from within, and it moves through all these stages, and now we're in stage five of the five stages, the book five, and it just blasts forward with praise to God, and look, the Savior is coming. The Messiah is coming. That's where we are right now. If you're looking now within this particular group, look at Psalms 111 uh, through 117. 111, 112, and 13 are all hallelujah psalms. 114 is not. 115, 116, and 117 are all hallelujah psalms. 
So you have, you have this triad of three and three with 114 in the middle, and, and Psalm 111, 12, and 13, which is where we are today, Dave having already preached on 13. You have two psalms beginning with hallelujah, followed by 113 that begins and ends with hallelujah, or praise the Lord. You could have it different ways in your Bible. Then you have Psalm 114, and then you had 15 through 17 with two psalms ending with hallelujah, uh, and then um, one beginning and ending with hallelujah. So it, it's, it, this structure is really tight and really carefully set up, and it's all moving toward this, this conclusion, this climax, this judgment, this coming of the Savior, and then eventually the judgment in heaven. There are ups and downs in our lives. There are ups and downs in the history of the church, in the history of the world. But it ends on an up. For the believer in Jesus Christ, it ends on up. What does the book of Revelation teach you? If you could say one, you know, if you can summarize the book of Revelation in two words, what are you going to say? Jesus wins. That's where we're headed. And when you go through and you sing the Psalms, when you read the Psalms, you study the Psalms, you end up with this whole raft of hallelujahs. And that's where we are. Um, James Ward wrote a song based on... Psalm 112, and I hope you know it. He, he won't fear no bad news, steady as she goes. He won't fear no bad news, triumph o'er his foes. He won't fear no bad news, the future will be bright. Oh, because even in darkness, light dawns for the gracious and upright. Psalm 112 and Psalm 111 and 112 are together. Psalm 11 consecrates concentrates on Jehovah God, tells you about His grace and His glory. Psalm 112, our, verse, our, our chapter for today, talks about you and me. So God is grace. He is like the sun. And Psalm 112 is about you and me. We need to reflect His grace and therefore be gracious, living by grace. This isn't just my idea. It's used over and over again by those who study the psalm, these two psalms. Psalm 111 is like the sun. Jesus is the sun. He, S-S-O-N. He's the source of light. He is the light. When we get to heaven, you have no need for the light of the sun. No, no need for the light of lamps, but because He is the light. And we, by His grace, get to reflect that light. He's grace, and we get to be gracious by His work. These two psalms are so tightly joined together. They are both, a perf- they're both perfect acrostics. You know what an acrostic is? Uh, when I was in grammar school, we sang a, a song called Mother. Uh, probably nobody here has ever done that. I don't know, but I, uh, it was, it's, an, it's a really old song. Um, and it, goes back almo- it goes back almost to the beginning of the, the 20th century. M is for the many things she gave me. O means just that she's growing old. 
T is for her tears of purest gold. H, for the tears she shed to save me. H is for the, her heart of purest gold. E is for her eyes with love light shining. R means right, and right she'll always be. Put them all together, they spell mother, a word that means the world to me. So you take that poem, and if you write it out, you know, you've got M-O-T-H. You have mother spelled out like that. Well, you don't have words spelled out in 111 and 112, but you have the alphabet. So if you were to cut it and paste it, if you were to type it up so that you had the lines, you'll have 22 lines because there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and you go straight through them. Look at 112. In, in verse 1, you have, well, you have hallelujah. That's off to itself. That doesn't count in, in the alphabet here. Um, uh, and in 111, you have the same praise the Lord, hallelujah. But starting with, in the NASB, how blessed, and then who greatly de- delights. In verse 2, his descendants, and 3, and, and to his descendants, the second part of that, the generation. Verse, verse 1, leaving hallelujah out, has two lines. Verse 2 has two lines. Verse 3 has two lines. Verse 4 has two lines. Verse 5 has two lines. Verse 6 has two lines. Verse 7 has two lines. Verse 8 has two lines. Verse 9 has three lines. And verse 10 has three lines. And that adds up to 22. The same thing takes place in number 11. And you put them side by side. And, and, and they, they reflect one another. And I would say that helps us understand and remember that, it, that as one of them presents, 111 presents the, 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 the God, the Trinity, then 112 reflects that. I don't know if you can look at both of them at the same time or not. But uh, in, in verse 1, you have in both of them, praise the Lord. The second line of verse 3, in, in 111, it says, His, God's righteousness, endures forever. In 112, 3b says, His, meaning yours and mine, our righteousness, the, the godly man, our righteousness endures forever. In verse 4b in 111, it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. In 4B of 112, what does it say? He, meaning you and me, the believer, is gracious and compassionate and righteous. Verse 5 says that God's given food to those who fear him. Verse 5, for us, it's well with the man, well with you and me, who gives away as well, who's gracious and lends. Verse 8 His precepts are upheld forever and ever. Verse 8, for us, our heart is upheld, and we will not fear. Verse 9, the Lord uh, has sent redemption to his people. He's ordained his covenant forever, holy and awesome is his name. In verse 9 of 112, he has given freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted uh, in, in honor. Tied together. 
tied together. I will encourage you as you go through Psalm uh, 112 that you do the same thing that it does, do the same thing that the Psalms do, do the same thing that the Bible does. Concentrate on the consummation. Um, it, 112 says, until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The day will come with whatever humiliation we have now. And it may be terrible humiliation. It may be terrible suffering. But for every believer, there will be exaltation. Now, it's true that I don't have perfect knowledge or I cannot have perfect assurance about anybody else's salvation. I can have it about my own. You can have it about yours. But the best you can do is, is look at fruit, hear words and, and, and fruit, and see whether we're progressing uh, in, in Christ-likeness. But the indications are that George Knight loved the Lord, that he was saved, that he was born again, that he was born from above, that he lived for the Lord. He was a sinner. Yes, he was not perfect on this side of death, but, but today what I call today down here, he doesn't have any day, it's all day up there. He has been exalted. It doesn't matter. Whatever he has suffered through in various stages in his life, but very definitely in these last, this last period of his life, he is now exalted with Jesus. And Jesus prayed him through the whole thing. And he'll do the same thing for his family and for you and me. Light arises. He will not fear, verse, verse 4, if you want to mark two verses that, that should help you in the future, well, three verses in Psalm 112, light arises in the darkness for the upright. So it's just like Psalm 23 going through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say we won't have darkness. He's saying even in the darkness, light, even in darkness, light arises for the upright. He will not fear evil tidings. The NASB, I think, is a little bit ambiguous there. You could say, okay, if you're a Christian, you're never going to get any bad news. That's not what it's saying. I hope you don't take it that way. The NIV says, he will have, the old NIV says, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. The New Jerusalem Bible is even clearer. Bad news you know, that he receives, holds no fears for him. Now, that's what I've seen in the lives of believers. I have not seen that any believer never gets bad news. As far as I know, everybody I've known who's loved Jesus, if, if I've known them for enough time at all, they've gotten bad news. And they've had challenges. We've all had challenges. We've all had suffering. Christ suffered. We must enter into his sufferings. That's all part of the plan. But there's no reason to fear the bad news. Steady as she goes. And for those people who particularly have concentrated on the Psalms in their lives, I think that's more, I can see that more in them particularly.
that when the bad news comes, we will get bad news. The question is, how are we going to, res- how are we going to respond? You won't fear no bad news, James Ward says. Steady as she goes, won't fear no bad news, triumph for his foes. The future will be bright, because even in darkness light dawns for the gracious and upright. You can mark verse 7. He feared, he'll feel no bad, no, no evil tidings, no bad news. Four, light arises in the darkness. And six, he will never be shaken. If you're coloring in the little uh, illustration in the bulletin there, uh, I don't have one for Psalm 112, but I had this one. It's in Psalm, it's in Psalm 16 and Psalm 15. Uh, Psalm 16, because he's at my, my right hand, I will not be shaken. Verse 15, uh, after, it, um, after it talks about walking in integrity, it says, he who does these things will never be shaken. James Ward goes on to, to sing, it's a happy one who fears the Lord with delight in his command. That's the, that's the biggest thing I learned from this, from studying this this time. It, it had not hit me before that um, it says uh, in Psalm, uh, Psalm 112, um, it says that he will delight uh, in the Lord, in, in his commandments. It is, it is, is delighting greatly. Uh, it is it's an amazing statement. Verse 1, who, gr- who greatly delights in his commandments. That's not the same thing as I will submit to them. I'll live with them if I have to. Well, I guess if he wants. But this is like you, you study his word and you go, yes, I want to do what he wants me to do. It, it is a great blessing. Um, but it'd be a good one to mark in there as well. <coughs> it, the future will be right because even in darkness, light dawns for the gracious and upright. You have a life to live, and I would encourage you to concentrate on the consummation. I encourage you to trust in Him completely, that you would become like Christ, that you would be gracious before Him, that you would that you would that you would reflect Jesus who's in your heart. Now, this is Jesus' psalm, too. I mean, he sang it. He sang it with his disciples. He sang it, all these hallelujahs, this whole set of psalms, getting ready to go to the cross, looking forward to the consummation. As, uh, as Scripture says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So, so he, he knows the cross is coming, but he looks through it. To the exaltation. Psalm 112 says, you look through all the challenges of this life to the exaltation. You will be exalted in the right time. That's what the the Bible says there. Christ had a life to give, and he saw the battle clearly. He said, said, uh, uh, the Lord has opened my ear. This is from Isaiah 50 that we concentrated on earlier. And I was not disobedient, nor did I turn 
nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who strike me, my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I've set my face like flint. He was going to the cross. He saw the battle clearly. And when Satan said, do something else, he said no. And quoted scripture. And when Peter said, don't do that, he said, you're, t- you're sounding like Satan. You, you aren't interested about the things of God. You're, in- you're, not, you're interested about your own things, about the world. Get thee behind me, Satan. He, w- he saw the battle clearly and he headed for it. And he delighted in the Father's command. Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do your will. Your law is within my heart. As you are to reflect righteousness, he embodied righteousness, a lamb unblemished. 1 Peter 1, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. First, uh, John chapter 1, verse 29. He loved us with an everlasting love, Jeremiah 31, 3. He trusted in the father of the covenant. In John 17, he said, I glorified you on earth. His prayer for us, to the disciples and us, having completed, accomplished the work which you've given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself. He concentrated on the consummation. And so we become like Christ. We, we see who God is in Psalm 111, which I haven't read for you. But then the desire for our hearts, of our hearts is to reflect him. For it is God who is at work within you to will and to do his good pleasure. He puts his spirit in you. I put my spirit in you to cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. A new heart I will give you. A new spirit. Become a gracious man or woman, boy or girl. When I think of a gentleman or a gentle lady... Uh, I don't particularly think about English nobility or German nobility or French nobility. Uh, and I'm not sh- well, the word gentle there, it may go, even go all the way back to the word, when it goes to genteel, it may get all, go all the way back to Gentile. But as I see it, it is someone who is gracious. Now, we are high born. You realize that. I mean, <laughs> You're born from above. Your, your birth certificate, you, you may have one down here uh, in a courthouse but, or in the state, in Columbia, or somewhere else. But your real birth certificate, being born again, is in glory. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are a kingdom of priests. You are you're a kingdom of, of prophets. You're a kingdom of of princes and princesses under, under the great king. And so you are high born, but, but if, if, you live, if, if you live, being a gentleman is being courteous, he's being polite, he's being respectful. And, you know, they say he waits his turn in line, he treats others as they wish to be treated. He follows the golden rule. He is like Christ. He considers one another as more important than himself. He loves God and then he loves his fellow man as more important than himself. 
if we will take Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 to heart, we will become more like Jesus. Psalm 112 shows us his glory and his grace. Psalm 111 shows us his glory and his grace. Psalm 112 shows us his glory in us. Do you remember when Moses went up the mountain, came down with the second set of the Ten Commandments? Uh, and people, could, people were afraid of him because his face shone because he'd been with Jesus. Because he'd been with the Trinity on the mountain. When, when the, the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds, and then all the, the mighty host from heaven joined that one angel. They were afraid because of the light that was there. That's reflected light. Angels don't have light in themselves. Cherubim don't have light in themselves. But, but being with the Lord, they have light. Now, as you spent time with the Lord, no, I don't expect you to look like a light bulb. <laughs> Not in that sense. But with regard to the glory that is within your heart, with regard to the grace that you've received flowing out in all parts of your being, yes, I can see it in you. And when you meet a stranger that is your brother and sister or, or sister in Christ, you can probably begin to see it too. It's there. He's the sun. We're the reflected light is the moon. Take Psalm 112 to heart. John, Jesus says, he's the light of the world. He said, I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. He says in John 13, even as I've loved you, so love, you love one another. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments, Abide in his love just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. And then John 17, as, I, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Sun and moon. You do see the miracle working, don't you, in yourself. You do see the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, don't you, in yourself. You are different from the world. You are looking ahead to the consummation. This is good news. If that is true within you and your life, there's no reason to fear the bad news that comes your way. He's got you in his hand. Until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries, his horn will be exalted in honor. He will, fear not, he will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. His heart is upheld. He will not fear. He is gracious and compassionate and righteous. Light arises in the darkness for the gracious, the compassionate, 